0: Welcome to the Aerospace Business and Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I am so excited to begin this podcast journey with you today. So before we dive into the content for episode one, I just want to spend a few minutes sharing my thoughts about this show, why I decided to launch it, and a little bit about me and my background as well. So first of all, this is a podcast that helps aerospace leaders and professionals get unstuck. And that's something that we deal with on a daily basis. We get stuck working in our business and can sometimes struggle to take a step back and think about the broader impact and aspects of our daily work. This is to help you get unstuck, help you grow as a leader and discover some clarity in your business, and in your life and create that mindset that can really help you achieve all your goals and dreams, whatever they are. There is no goal or dream that's too large if you put in the right process and mindset to walk through achieving it. The show will be produced weekly. Typically, I'll keep it under 30 minutes in length and that's largely to align with some commute time. So if if you think in terms of the average commute is 30 minutes, this is a good time to plug in, listen to some relevant content about the industry, about leadership, about growth and development, about mindset, and have that weekly dose of information that can add value to your life. I'll have a couple different formats for the show. Largely, it'll be me behind a microphone doing solo content. I'll also have guests on occasionally that can add value from across the industry, that can bring a perspective and clarity or some thoughts about a topic that we're covering. I look forward to being able to interview some, some really cool guests along the way and, and bring that into the show and, and make that a part of our journey together. So the topics we'll cover range from Aerospace manufacturing could be airlines, MRO, maintenance, repair and overhaul, cover both commercial and defense industries topics that can keep the show interesting and the content flowing. So with these topics, we'll discuss and unpack things within them, be it a business, an operational, a leadership challenge. So something that every aerospace leader and professional can get value from. And that's the goal, to make this a valuable piece of content on a weekly basis that can help you progress in your career, progress in your business, and create the mindset to be successful. Also, let's have a little fun along the way and enjoy the process of expanding the possibilities of what we can achieve together. I'm also looking forward to just exploring different things across this journey, and I look forward to the relationship that we will build together. So why am I producing this podcast? A few things here that I think about. Number one, I absolutely love the power of podcasting and the way it's consumed, especially you can do it on the go. You don't have to be sitting in front of a video screen, looking down at your phone. You can listen in the car on a commute. You can do it while you're mowing your lawn. You can do it while cleaning your pool. You can do it while taking a walk or at the gym. So there's this unique aspect of podcast consumption that I think is is just so plugged in to being effective. Also, Having listened to podcasts for about 10 years myself, I am an avid podcast consumer from a personal growth perspective, development perspective, And the impact podcast has had on me has been phenomenal. Also, I truly believe that the aerospace community, specifically aerospace leaders and professionals, are vastly underserved, that there's not a lot of good content out there in the podcast universe for aerospace professionals. And I've done some research on this. And in fact, very few aerospace podcasts are currently out there today. So if you did a search, you would find, like I did, less than 10 individual podcasts out there. And I would say that's a pretty generous number. And most of those, are inactive, haven't been produced or made current in several years, some as many as 10 or 12 years, some as recently as two or three years. There are some that are out there that are current, but those typically tend to be more technically focused around engineering, around um, executive recruiting, things like that. They're not focused on leadership and business topics that I think a lot of aerospace professionals are looking for. I know because I was looking for that as well. I couldn't find it, so I decided to create it. And that's the goal here is to create content that fills this void in the podcast space that can bring value to aerospace professionals across the industry. And I have a passion and desire to make a difference in the lives of aerospace professionals. And hopefully that's you. And I I really hope it is. So to share a little bit about me and my background, I have more than 30 years of aerospace industry experience. I had 12 plus years in the Army, starting from what I will refer to as the shop floor as an aerospace structural mechanic, a sheet metal person, starting on the shop floor, working my way up through leadership, transitioning to become a warrant officer in the Army. I got out of the Army in '98. I stayed in aviation, worked in small organizations, large organizations, private equity backed organizations, big fortune, 100 global companies, maintenance, repair and overhauls, MROs, manufacturing, commercial defense space. So I've had a wide variety of exposure and experience across the industry. Some specific roles I've had are ops manager, general manager, been a plant leader, a multi-site plant leader. I've led up to eight sites at once. I've had international sites in Asia and South America. I've held executive roles for multiple companies and currently I'm a vice president general manager of of a company here in Phoenix, Arizona. A few things that I'm very passionate about are world-class business performance, leadership development, and most importantly, I think is mindset. When I look at these three things and if they're all done well, they'll absolutely result in achieving your dreams, your goals, things that you want to accomplish, not only in business, but in life. And helping and serving others is really what I love doing. And this podcast to me is a vehicle to explore that to the fullest. So it'll fill this void in the market that I see exists today. It's something that I'm passionate about. I love the world of podcasting and what it's done for me personally. I see an opportunity to merge my passion with some content based on my experience that fills a void in the market. And I just enjoy doing it. And I hope you'll join me on this journey and provide me some feedback. Things you want to hear, things you want to discuss. Very open-minded to content ideas, a couple of ways you can get a hold of me before we dig into the first episode here. You can email me at Steven at aerospaceleader.com. You can sign up on my free Facebook private group for aerospace professionals at aerospacefb.com and you can visit my website at aerospaceleader.com. So I look forward to this journey together. Let's dig into episode one now and get some content going. In this first episode, we're going to take a look at the MRO, the maintenance, repair, and overhaul space. And in fact, the next three episodes afterwards. So the first four episodes will focus on maintenance, repair, and overhaul and ways to break through some performance barriers and begin to see some real traction in the MRO business. So I think of achieving breakthrough MRO performance in four steps specifically. Now, we all know that there are hundreds and hundreds of things that happen in any aerospace organization, especially an MRO organization. But if we can distill all of that noise down to four specific steps, four specific actions that we can take over the next seven days to really see step change in performance and put the organization on the right track again. It's something that anyone in an MRO organization that has influence can put into effect very quickly and begin to see those results. So let me just walk through what those steps are. So over these first four podcasts, and to kick off the Aerospace Business and Leadership show, we'll walk through each of these steps. So one step equals one episode. And by the end of each of these first four episodes, you will be in a different place thinking of this in a different way, deploying a different mindset that will lead you to take a specific set of actions and begin to see that traction immediately. Big time change that can lead to big time results if you stick with it. So let me walk through a few of the basics here on, on how we're going to unpack this. So in this first episode, we're going to talk about metrics. The second episode, we will walk through some base accountability actions that can be taken. Following in the third episode will be a, more of a focus on the customer aspect of this and things you can do there. And finally, in our fourth episode, to round out this series, we're going to walk through some very intentional communication things that can be implemented within this first week to make a huge difference in how the organization performs. So before we dig straight in, let's talk a moment about who can benefit from this information. First, if you're in an MRO organization or if you're in an OEM organization or an airline, for example, knowing this information can benefit you if you make some slight adaptations or modifications to it. The specifics of the conversation will be around an MRO. However, core concepts can fit any organization. So keep that in mind as we walk through these elements and you think through how this might apply to you. So, first, if you're an operational leader of some sort, a supervisor, shop floor manager, this definitely is in your wheelhouse and something that directly impacts you. Secondly, if you're a functional professional, such as a supply chain expert, a supply chain professional, procurement, marketing, a quality systems person, a quality inspector, for example, if you're in sales, if you're in finance, if you're an executive admin, knowing how the organization can improve, is helpful for anyone who works in, around, or within earshot of an MRO. Also, general managers, so plant leaders, GMs, plant directors, site leaders, many forms and names of these positions are out there, but these types of roles are so directly impacted by this information. And then I would say, aerospace executive. So if you're a vice president, if you're a regional vice president, if you are a multi-site leader, if you are a CEO, an executive within an MRO organization or a corporate structure, this information will absolutely help you recognize and see some of the common roadblocks that the folks on the shop floor and within the trenches see on a daily basis. And lastly, if you're a team member of any of the positions that I mentioned, this information impacts you. So you could be aware of the changes that are occurring and be there to offer assistance and also provide feedback as to the progress. So let's get to step one specifically here. Step one is about metrics and something I call the two metric two step. And I say that because we are flooded by metrics on a daily basis. If you're in an aerospace organization, an MRO or any other type of organization within aerospace You understand and recognize the onslaught of metrics and the impact they have on our lives. They can absolutely just paralyze us and prevent us from effectively just navigating the day. And you can spend your entire life, your day, your week, your month, just chasing metric after metric. And what good does it do? It creates drama. It creates confusion. It creates organizational chaos. And by chasing so many metrics... None of them really have the opportunity to get better because our focus is so distributed. So in step one, what's critical here is that we look at some very specific focus metrics that can have an impact very quickly in our organization. And for the purposes of this breakthrough mentality of getting there within seven days, starting that that snowball, going down the mountain, picking up steam, grabbing the momentum, two specific metrics are open order backlog and orders past due. Open order backlog, you may know that in any number of different definitions. That could be open backlog. It could be WIP, work in process, order book for example. So there are many labels for this, but the net effect of it doesn't change, which is how many orders do you have open in your shop, in your business today that you owe to a customer? And I'm going to set aside for a moment, any orders that you have in your backlog that might be internal orders. So orders that are used to fill shelf stock, rotables, for example. I'm specifically referring to open order backlog in terms of what you owe to a customer as part of a commitment or a deliverable. Secondly, orders past due. So, this is a subset of open order backlog. It, it is if you have 100 orders in your backlog to 50 different customers, for example, and you have Half of your order backlog that is past due, so you would have 50 of the 100 that are past due. And by past due, we simply mean beyond the customer commit date. So a customer drops an order in, a widget shows up on the back dock, process it through your front end. It has a commitment due either contractually by a default number in your business system. Any type of commitment or contractual obligation date, that is the date that if it goes beyond, it's past due. Cut and dry, very simple. And it's not uncommon for 30, 40, 50% of orders to be past due. And unfortunately, that, that tends to be an MRO dynamic. And frankly, it's a huge dissatisfier to the customer. And it creates a lot of organizational drama with executives and site leadership as it requires everybody's time and attention, care and feeding, and it diverts attention from everything else you want to do in your business. So it's very important to look at orders past due as a very critical metric in the big picture. Again, we have two metrics we're going to focus on as part of our drive, to recover and improve our MRO business within seven days. Get that ball rolling. Open order backlog and orders past due. And again, why are these so important? I think of these as companion metrics. They carry a lot of leverage in the business. So as opposed to, as I mentioned a moment ago, focusing on 20 different metrics and thinking that anyone can be effective doing that, by focusing on these two metrics specifically, you tend to improve as a byproduct, as an outcome of that, you tend to improve many other metrics across the metric set. Let me give you a few examples here. If you lower your open order backlog, Lower is always better with backlog. Orders past due, lower is always better with orders past due. So we're going to go for the lowest number we can. If you lower your open order backlog, your inventory goes down. Looking at an inventory metric becomes less critical as it would otherwise. And when your inventory goes down, your accounts receivable and your cash accounts go up. They get better. A couple more metrics that improve. So inventory goes down, accounts receivable, AR and cash accounts go up just by lowering your open order backlog and putting the focus there. Turnaround time, TAT, as we typically refer to it as in the MRO business, TAT days go down, they get better, they improve. And when your TAT goes down, that creates an environment where organic growth can occur, where new customers are more likely to come on board because they see performance improving. On-time delivery typically goes up when you lower open order backlog. As you squeeze down your open order backlog or your WIP, that infers a cycle time improvement. Speed, velocity. Velocity goes up. On-time delivery goes up. Backlog goes down. What comes out of that? What's the outcome? It's customer satisfaction and voice of the customer, your scorecards, things like that. So again, more metrics that you don't have to spend quite as much time worrying about or focused on because it is a byproduct and an outcome of lower open order backlog. Lower backlog also creates room for the organization to breathe. When the organization can breathe, there's less stress. And when there's less stress, there's better morale. And when there's better morale, there's typically much better retention of employees. And happy employees, retained employees, typically makes for an organization that recognizes how to effectively function and is poised for growth. Additionally, there's something to be said about momentum. When you reduce your backlog, you create momentum. People get excited. People get motivated, minimizes distractions. It's like saving money. When you have $100, it becomes a lot easier to get $200. When you have $1,000, it seems to become a lot easier to get $1,000 because you've exercised that muscle, you've leveraged that skill, and you recognize how to do it. So the next 1000 is a little bit easier than the first 1000 As you reduce backlog and as your orders pass due do come down, the muscle memory, the momentum will grab hold and the performance will incrementally improve as a result. It also builds great teams, right? Synergy, there's something to be said about this synergy. One plus one equals three. The whole is much greater than the sum of its parts. And that is so critical because in today's aerospace environment, and all industries, quite frankly... We're always looking to reduce cost. That'll never go away. It'll always be there. And when you get the synergy from this momentum and this teamwork, you're going to be able to produce much more than you would otherwise. You're going to have a captive audience of people who get it and who care. Orders past due, you've got to kill them. You've got to crush them. So if your 30, 40% of your backlog is orders that are past due you've got to get those done first. Now, recognizing you're going to take a bit of a hit while you clean those up, that's expected. And and leaders need to communicate that up the organization to ensure that there's a recognition that by cleaning up old backlog, by cleaning up old orders past due, you're going to see a temporary short-term hit of your percentages, your metrics as a percent of backlog or an on-time delivery. But that is a one-time kind of cleanup activity. But the good news is, is you're going to see an uptick in sales. You're going to see an uptick In velocity because you're, you're cleaning up the mess and you're shipping more and you're going to see a translation of that into better business performance on the bottom line from a dollar standpoint specifically. It may not be a percentage improvement, but it will be a dollar's improvement because you're shipping more product out the door. Typically, that's how that works. And lastly, it's also critical how you operate and how you maximize your effectiveness as a leader or as a professional. Regardless of your role, you have a part to play. It's not uncommon for the organization to be a bit skeptical. It's our responsibility as people who recognize that there's something that can be done about it. It's our responsibility to help create this momentum and to help explain the leverage that these two metrics backlog and past dues by lowering them, the leverage that that provides the organization by putting the right focus and intent on those two metrics. I would recommend around 80% of your time be spent focused on those two metrics, backlog and past due orders, because it fixes so much, because the outcomes are so great, because the momentum is so potentially impactful. You've got to focus. By focusing on those two, you create a dynamic in the organization that can potentially be unstoppable. So that'll wrap us up for this first step. And in the next episode, I'll get into step two, which begins to talk about the accountability piece. We have the metrics down, we're going to move into accountability, and we'll just keep going through these four steps. And then we'll put it all together. And that will create the momentum that we need to begin to see significant results within those first seven days.